0: I remember being this very excitable oh my god there's this opportunity here's this one here's this one and not really having the ability to sit down and think about long-term planning until I sat down with my counselors and my parents my brain at the time wanted to do everything under the sun until it was overwhelmed and overloaded
1: From the west side of Cleveland, Ohio, this is the No Loan Zone podcast on RadioWannabe.com. My name is Janet Maltby. I'm a career counselor, and I help students make wise career choices. Today, we discuss with neurologist Dr. Amanda Opasker the adolescent brain and why it's so important for them to get help and guidance as they make the most important financial decisions in their life, namely taking out student loans. As we discussed in our previous podcast, today over 43 million people owe more than $1.7 trillion in student debt. And the total cost of sending your 18 year old to a public college could go up to $100,000 before they graduate with a bachelor's degree. Is the adolescent brain really ready to make such super consequential financial decisions on their own? Do they really know what they're getting into when they sign on the dotted line? And what is the adolescent brain look like anyway? And how does it differ from an adult brain? For answers to these questions, we'll talk with Dr. Amanda Opaskar. She's a vascular and general neurologist at St. John Medical Center in Westlake, Ohio. The views expressed by Dr. Opaskar do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of university hospitals. Hi, Janet. Dr. Opaskar, welcome to the program. How are you? I am doing great. I have some interesting questions for you. The first are kind of a little bit odd. Okay. Have you held a brain in your hands before? Oh, yes, I have. What does
0: it feel like? Is it spongy? Like it's spongy and feels like really heavy jello or pudding. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. I heard that the brain, it kind of needs to set like jello.
0: You mean in brain development? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting way of thinking of it. Certainly.
1: So I had heard that before is is that it's sort of like when babies, they have that soft spot, you know, at the top of their head. And you shouldn't shake a baby's head for that reason because it's not set, right?
0: Correct. So when a baby is born, they have what's called their fontanelles are open still. So those are the pieces of the skull have not fully fused. And so the brain is still kind of expanding and contracting and in that way. You don't want to ever shake a baby's brain because it'll move around in that skull and you can cause trauma. You can cause damage to it.
1: Mm-hmm. The human brain needs time to set. So let's think back to when you were 17 or 18, right? Mm-hmm. And you were in high school. Tell me about how you were as an adolescent.
0: I was a very driven teenager who had a lot of passions and a lot of different interests. I wanted to say yes to everything, every opportunity that was out there. I remember being a very high energy involved in everything type person.
1: So I've done a little bit of research about the adolescent brain Mm -hmm. and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Here's what I've learned and maybe you can add, I know you can add a ton to it, but one of the things that separates or is different about the adolescent brain than the adult brain is that it tends to be more impulsive. Yes. And I believe there's some sort of a dopamine response to it. Mm -hmm. that can lead them to be like hyper rational. In other words, Mm -hmm. they rationalize the benefits of a situation and potentially ignore the negative consequences of decisions.
0: Right. So in the adolescent brain, the front of the brain called the frontal lobe, specifically an area called the prefrontal cortex, is not fully developed. And it does not fully mature until about the age of 25, until somebody's mid-20s. And this area of the brain is really important for judgment or in an area called cognitive control. And that just means your ability to resist temptation and immediate gratification. And when you kind of boil this down, all that means is looking at long-term goals instead of short-term goals. When you're younger, you want to do that opportunity right away, right now without any thinking about how is this going to affect you in the long term. I'm going to buy that car. I'm going to buy that house. I'm going to buy this piece of furniture or something along those lines and not realize that maybe you don't have the monthly income that's going to be able to pay off that loan down the road, or that will put you into significant debt. So that really comes into that cognitive control by the prefrontal cortex. And as it matures... There's more ability for people to resist those temptations and think about what the consequences are to their decisions.
1: So this feeds right into the discussion that we want to have about when people are 17, 18 years old, they're making some major decisions about going to college. You yourself Mm -hmm. went through that. That was a huge decision for you.
0: Yes, and not only did I make that decision, I changed majors really early in college and like I said I had I remember being this very excitable. Oh my god, there's this opportunity. Here's this one. Here's this one. Here's this one and always wanting to Like take that next opportunity and not really having the ability to sit down and think about long-term planning until I sat down with my counselors and my parents and started to have to talk through my decision-making so that I could understand that because my brain at the time wanted to do everything under the sun until it was overwhelmed and overloaded.
1: Yeah, so you were very fortunate to have people in your life that you trusted yeah. and that really helped and guided you through this really important time in your life.
0: Yeah, I had a series of mentors. From every aspect that I could think of, I had mentors that were college students that were older than me in their early to mid-20s. I had mentors that were professors. I had mentors that were doctors, that that was my goal of being. I had mentors that were my parents, my friends and family. And I think it was that team of mentors that helped me keep my feet on the ground and make sure I didn't make bad judgment. School can be very expensive and it was people around me that helped guide me through that process.
1: What would you say to parents that are hesitant to really guide and direct their kids because they feel like, well, you know, Johnny, He's an adult. He's like 18 years old. He can make decisions for himself.
0: I would say that to this day, I have people that guide me, and I think it's important. My parents are still actively involved in my life, and I think it's so important because they're still children, even 17, 18 years old. We consider them an adult by societal norms. That's a legal definition, but it's not the medical definition of how their brain's developing and their brain is still developing into their 20s. Most people are living with their families until they go off to college. That's the first time that they're on their own and you need some guidance to help you be successful in the first time that you're living on your own. You need people that are there to support you and to help guide you and inspire you to be successful.
1: imagine if you did not have any guidance from adults or your parents at that time.
0: I would have found some. I just recognized that I didn't know what to do and I had dreams. If I didn't have my parents, I would have talked with my friend's parents. I would have found guidance counselors at school and found people who had gone through this before and sought out different advice about that and and you so you're 17, 18 you want that independence I went away to school I was able to do things on my own my parents weren't watching every move that I made but we still communicated
1: mm-hmm. yeah so I'll ask you one last question here if you were given a hundred thousand dollars at age 17 or 18, would you have trusted yourself enough at that time?
0: No, I would not have. And when I got very, very smaller amounts of money at that time, I put it in a bank or I, I gave it to my parents. I did not trust myself with that level of money. And if anything, I sought out financial advisor support of what to do with scholarship money or anything that came in. Because even at that time, even if I had $100, I would find a way to go to a grocery store or out to dinner with friends or that money would be gone. I did not. I would not trust myself with that money at that time.
1: Yeah. So it's an interesting time, isn't it? When you're young.
0: It's an exciting time, but you're still developing and finding your independence.
1: Yeah, I remember getting in my car and driving to college for the first time. I had my comforter, my clothes, my keys. I was excited. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was not dumb at that time, but I really did not know what the heck I was doing. College looked fun to me and it looked good to me, no matter what the cost. Mm-hmm. And so at that age, my adolescent brain needed time to set and mature and think about the consequences of my actions, I needed older and wiser adults around me to help guide me in my life.
0: I have to say I'm well into my 30s. And when I negotiated my contract for my house or my loan repayment, I had not only my parents, I had an attorney take a look at these things. Contracts are, and especially loans, they're very complicated and there's a lot of clauses in them. And even well-educated people will seek out professional help to make sure that you understand what you're signing on to. And it's very easy to say, oh, that's a loan for college. No, no big deal. Um, But these are very large loans. This is a lot of money. It's the same amount as a house is. And I know the same thing for my loans. They take 20 or 30 years to pay off. And that's if you finish the school. And so it's the long-term investment that you're making. And I think when somebody's taking that on at such a young age, you need to have other people taking a look at what you're signing on to.
1: Dr. and I thank you so much okay. for taking the time to talk to me today. Sure. You've been listening to the No Loans Zone podcast on RadioWannabe.com. In our next podcast, we'll meet Rihanna. She's an 18-year-old high school senior planning to go to college next year. Where will she go? Will she take out loans? And will she follow in the footsteps of her two older sisters who attended private colleges? We hope you'll join us for our next No Loan Zone podcast series on RadioWannabe.com called The Zero College Debt Dream. Until next time, I'm Janet Malpe. Thanks for listening.